Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. We are continuing our combine coverage today, moving on to the linebacker position. We touched a little bit on some linebackers yesterday because with the new kind of edge position, you're, you're, you're touching a little outside linebacker, defensive end kind of a feel, but now we're trying to focus on those Inside linebackers, those off-ball linebackers, if you will, that will stack play stack linebackers. Stack linebackers as... is that new? Is that the new way to explain it? Stack. That's like no, that's the old way to say it. That's oh, like whoa, whoa, whoa. So we just calling them off-ball now, right? Yeah. Um, so I... I mean, like, I think off-ball is more modern terminology. But like, when you played the three-three stack, they were your stack linebackers. Ah, I see where we're getting that now. See, you're learning something yes. new every day. I just got uh, I just got told a history lesson by you. Normally, it's Kiss that does that from the Kiss and Solak show. And no, normally, it's just not me who says anything about history. That yeah. is also a good point. Yes. And we've as the week has gone on, we've gone position by position, talking about what matters for the combine. And you know, for the most part, it's really the non-testing things that go a long way when it comes to evaluating a prospect. But we like to check the boxes. We like to see these guys be athletic because a lot of these positions require at least a floor, a threshold of athleticism. Is that the same with off-ball linebacker, the same way it was for the couple of other defensive positions that we've already touched on this week? Yeah, I think we, we spent a lot of time on defensive line, whether interior or on the edge about uh, talking about the various athletic tests that matter and then i think with linebackers now we're coming back to the point where really it's just don't be prohibitively sucky as an athlete and then besides that i don't really care right the main thing that i think you see when you start looking at linebackers who oh i really liked his film but he, he tested poorly and then he entered the league and he's not great what's the one thing that limits these guys it tends to just be play speed right which like it to the extent to which that's reflected in the 40 yard dash is obviously up for debate, but like I'll never forget the first player I ever watched with a member of, of TDN staff and this time it was NDT staff was I watched Josie jewel with Joe. I was going to say, are, right? you, are you allowed to say the name you were like tiptoeing around who it was? I was like, is there no, identity big, a secret? It's a big reveal, Trevor <laughs> Josie jewel who comes into the combine as a smaller backer. He was like mm-hmm. 6'1", 235. He has good agilities, which is good because he came in a small size. He has good explosiveness because he came in a small size. That's good. And then his 40 sucked. He ran like 4'8", something, I think. Um, well, 4'8", two. He ran a 4'8", Um This was a, uh, this is a big problem because there are things that are really likable on Josie Jules' film out of Iowa his keys were great and his play recognition was awesome and he he had good instincts and he sniffed out play action and he had good block deconstruction whatever and then he goes to Denver and he's now a, a backup who had an opportunity to, to win a starting job and was unable to and a large portion of it is a result of you're just not fast and yeah. so your, your range of influence is greatly limited and when it comes to players who just make good plays between the tackles man i can draft them late and there's about a thousand of them right the- that's that's what brings in the linebackers or the running backs of the defensive side of the football but when we when we say like oh you know running backs don't matter they're a dime a dozen you can get them every year this is what we mean with linebackers you know like guys like isaiah simmons it's a little bit different you know like there's there are linebackers that come through i would even you know guys like devin white or devin Bush. Now, they went pretty high in last year's draft. You can talk about value how you want 
with that kind of pick. But in terms of like, are these guys players that are going to elevate your team? I think they are. They play a centerpiece position. They know what they're doing. They can go sideline to sideline. They can impact the game pretty well, especially when it comes to coverage and then attacking the pocket. That gives them value. But of the guys like you are referencing here, the guys that don't reach the floor of what you need to be able to do as an athlete, especially in today's game where we're seeing offensive coordinators get all kinds of creative with how they're manipulating schemes and and defensive looks from who they put in the slot or how many receivers they have to each side or even just stretching it as horizontally as they possibly can from sideline to sideline. If you can't keep up, you do not allow your team to play man coverage, which is a problem as we are seeing in the NFL. And when you are limited athletically in that nature, you unfortunately get a tag that is a replacement level player from year to year. Right. And like, that's the thing is like, okay, ready to play the games that I always randomly spring on you that I don't tell you I'm going to play. And then all of a sudden I, we play uh, always ready, Ben nervous as hell, but always ready. Yeah. Okay. High impact linebacker. Luke Keekley just retired. High impact linebackers in the NFL right now. Who are B- they? Bobby Name Wagner. Them. Bobby Wagner. Levante uh, David. Dion Jones. Levante David. Um, Van Der Esch and Darius Leonard both uh, regressed in year two from what were insane rookie seasons. We can leave them on there. Oh, I'd, yeah. My next one would have 100% been Darius Leonard. I would say Tremaine Edmonds needs to get on there. I think Tremaine plays some really good football. I didn't watch enough of Tremaine this year, so I will trust he you is there. Really freaking good. So we got like seven? I uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think Devin White and Devin Bush both showed a lot of promise. Certainly they're not there yet, but... Sure. So, like, we've got less than 10. Less than 10. Players. I think less than 10 is a fair way of saying it. Yes. Right. And, like, oh, where's Joe Schobert? Where's, you know, Roquan Smith? They're, I mean, like, they're good. But, like, impact players, man. Oh, I didn't watch enough it's of Roquan to be able to tell you you're wrong. Shoot. I right. wish I could. It's it's very it's very difficult to, to be a really high-impact player from a 4-3 mic in a league that just doesn't throw the ball or doesn't run the ball excuse me nearly as much as it used to and certainly not as much as it's throwing the ball right for you to be an impact player at linebacker now i mean the most important thing that you can do for me is be a high quality underneath zone defender and that's where you know i would start to want to make arguments for a guy like kj Wright, who played next to bobby wagner in seattle who to me is the better of the two cover guys and guess what his team is seeing more passing plays than they are running plays on defense so if he's the better against the pass and they see more passing plays who really made more impact, you know, and this is obviously like, you know, it's heresy to suggest otherwise, because Bobby Wagner is so stinking good. I don't take that away from him. It's just to say, if you're going to impact the position at linebacker, you've got to be able to be, you've got to be a high impact against the pass without being damaging, without being a liability against the run. And obviously if you're, if you're a high, if you're a high quality, if you're a plus run defender, delightful, great news. If you're, you know, a, 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 average pass defender is really good against the run that's nice but like if you're going to make an impact i'm going to need you to have some unique uh, impact against the pass in pass defense and like maybe maybe you can be a good enough blitzer that you win consistently enough that i can be like oh yes and, and this is how you win against the pass but that's like it's hard to think of 
a player who really makes his hay by just being a great blitzer. Usually you have to be able to be a good blitzer and a good short zone defender. So now all of a sudden when I'm watching linebackers, it's like, all right, you've got a small range of influence and you're primarily a run defender. It's exactly like you said, you're a replacement level player for me. I can always find you on the market or in the draft. And so you don't have much value to me because you're fungible. I think mental processing is huge for linebackers. Certainly like you have to be an athlete enough to then be able to put your foot in the ground and do what you need to do. But that's why, you know, like you see guys like Josie Jewell who had a crap ton of tackles in college and you go, all right, well, he was highly productive for a reason, right? I mean, he clearly plays the linebacker position really well. He knows how to play it, but when you take him and put him in the NFL, he just didn't have the horses in him to get where he needed to go, even though he recognizes where to be. And so with linebacker, it's it's just it's such a <coughs> certainly this mental processing thing is a big deal for every position. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know you got a mute button, right? <laughs> I know, but I couldn't get to it in time, and then I started coughing, and I was trying to hit it, but it's right next to leave call. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a high-stress situation. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You train-wrecked it. You train-wrecked it beautifully. Can we get Ben some water, please? Can somebody in the chat? No, water is what did this. I was drinking, and I went down the wrong pipe. Okay. Does everybody so anyway, say? Does it, hold on. Does everybody say the, the went down the wrong pipe? Like, is that a common phrase? I feel like it is. Yeah. Is it okay? All right. Just make it sure. Because I felt like my dad said it to me a lot, and I didn't know if that was just like a dad thing or. No, that's a thing. I mean, it's... things that I think are regular may always be dad things. But that's true. You do have a very dad sense yeah. to you. Um, I do have a dad vibe. Yeah, but no, just kind of like wrapping up that that point there. Mental processing is just such a big deal for for. Uh, for linebackers, especially those off-ball guys that are playing on the the uh, the inside of a formation, right? As as a centerpiece, you've got to be able to read and recognize a lot of different stuff. Whether it is the tight end or the running back or what the quarterback is doing, where the slot receiver is lined up, how you're dropping back in zone coverage, chemistry with a lot of different guys, being the communicator to the rest of the defense. You've got to do a lot of things. You've got a lot of stuff on your plate. Playing linebacker isn't easy. I'm not out to say that it is, but when I talk about replacement level kind of players. You grow up normally as an interior backer, and you get a lot of experience in doing that. So if you can do that well enough, you're going to start throughout your college career. They'll find a place for you to start. But what makes a difference in the NFL is you got to be enough of an athlete. That's you are the you got to be a cream of the crop. You got to be able to cover all kinds of different players in man and in zone, as well as that other stuff. You can find a lot of linebackers that can do that kind of commanding characteristics. Not everybody can really move the way that they need to, which. Brings us into this crop here. This linebacker class, I think, actually has a couple of really intriguing athletes at the top of it. Um, it's going to start with Isaiah Simmons for sure, uh, because he's just the, the freak kind of athlete that they label as linebacker, who's played slot corner, he's played outside corner, he's played strong safety, he's played free safety, he's even rushed off the edge, he does all kinds of stuff. So they kind of just put him in the middle and they give him that linebacker label. Um Ben, does does Isaiah Simmons, I, I actually just want to know what you think that he's going to run because we've seen some videos of him keeping up with Travis Etienne. Shaquem Griffin's got the linebacker 40 record at 438 
at, I believe he was 227 pounds when he ran it. Do we think Isaiah Simmons breaks it? 4.38? Yes. 4.38? That is what Griffin ran. Okay. Simmons reportedly ran a 4.31 in Clemson. We watched, dude. We watched the now. He granted, raced it was Travis like a, Etienne. It was a va- it was a video from a phone, but the man was going stride for stride with Travis Etienne. Four three eight, <laughs> Trevor. It's insane, isn't it? Uh, I can't. I can't bet that. I can't. Oh, okay, I'm gonna say he runs a four four one. I mean, is that still is still, that good. is crazy And he's fast. probably going to be heavier than Shaquem was. Though The important thing, so like Shaquem had like the build, like frame-wise, like a 230-plus guy. Mm-hmm. And Simmons is probably also going to be 230 lows. So maybe it'll be equivalent, but I think he runs 4-4 lows. If he runs sub 4-4, longtime followers of the Draft Network will remember the reaction that Kyle, Joe, and I had on Twitch when DK Metcalf ran a 4-3-3. Nah, it's cool, man. I wasn't there. Were you? Nah, it's cool. I wasn't there. Oh, I forgot you were. I knew you were like at the combine. Obviously, I just wasn't. I didn't. I thought that it was just me. Kyle no, it's and cool. Joe. No, it's cool. Okay, whatever. No. Anyway, listen. Now, nah, nah, just talk about your old MDT friends all podcast. Forever. It's fine. I'm just saying there will be an explosive reaction in the conference center in Indianapolis if he runs up four four. I will be loud. That's. Well, are we are we still going to be in the convention center though? Because the drills are at night. Oh right, it's going to be at like ten at night. All right, in my bed, in my jammies. Oh god, we're not going to be in bed by that time. Andy never sleeps combine week, man. In my party clothes, there at it my is. social gathering. This is what the cool kids call parties. I'll Dude, be very impressed. I'll be excited. So obviously, we know that Simmons is going to do some freaky stuff for what are historically like what, what what the top linebacker quote unquote numbers are for this event. But before we go on to some other guys that we're looking forward to or maybe excited about who might also show up pretty well athletically, do you see a guy in this bunch where you look at a very productive player and think that they've got unfortunately that kind of like Josie Jewel path to them like very productive in college but we're going to get a hint at the combine or reaffirmation really of what you might have seen on film that this guy might just be a career backup it's just not gonna it's not gonna pan out for him that production's not going to go one and one to the pro level is there a guy that when you look at this list for those true off-ball linebacker players that comes to mind that you go okay yep I worried about him this is what I think that it's going to be and that shows up in Indianapolis it sounds like you have a guy in mind. Joe Bocci's my guy. Evan Weaver was my guy. I mean, yeah, that's a... <laughs> so, did you read the full um, the full Rage Against the Machine mock that I did last Friday? I, I read a lot of it. I did not read because all of it. The Eagles my favorite the, was... The Eagles in the third uh, round the get Evan family. Weaver. Oh, frick you. <laughs> <laughs> And I literally said, I think I said as the description, I was like, I love this pick just because I'm going to tell Ben about it later and I'm going to hear his reaction about it. <laughs> Rage Against the Mock Draft Machine, episode one, round three. It's round three. Yeah. I love this pick just for Solak's reaction. Yeah, well, Solak's <laughs> reaction is officially frick you, man. 
Evan Weaver looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy let himself go in his middle age. Well, Weaver played D line, right? He he was like he was like an outside yeah he was an outside rusher initially right and 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 like that was like when he first arrived and they were still like tr- trying to figure out what they wanted to do with him yeah. he obviously slimmed down a fair bit like he's listed in the two thirties I do not think he comes in under two forty would be very surprised if he does though last year I feel like there was also a li- a linebacker I can't remember who it was but there was some linebacker who came in like super thin relative to what we expected um. So Weaver's my guy just because I think Weaver's movement skills are fine in the same way that Jules' movement skills are fine. Mm -hmm. I just do not think Weaver is fast enough to be a three-down player in the league. And, like, if he comes in at 240 and he's running four eights, then it's just – there's too many body types like that for me to, like, fully – rely on your mental processing and your instincts which are great from evan weaver right to be like you're, you're so unique mentally that you're going to be able to as an average nfl athlete really shine out as an early pick so that that's that's my concern there for weaver evan i think weaver's Malik- hold on evan weaver's last two tackle totals like for 2018 yeah. 2019 155 and 181 yeah no he nearly broke the record in his senior season that's insane Bocce he, like, I wrote a piece. I, yeah, I wrote a piece like a few weeks in the season where I was like, "Hey, Evan Weaver's on pace to like break the single season tackle record because he's just a vacuum cleaner." Yeah, they and just Cal runs everything through him. Yep. Uh, Bocce had 100, 102, and then seventy two. He missed some games this year, so like seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. He basically would have had a hundred tackles for three straight years for Bocce. What do you think of Quarterman? While we're here. I don't love him. I think. Do he's... you think that he's in that camp of like a guy who was productive in college but might not be athletic enough to play the next level or start at the next level? No, I don't think Quarterman has has significant struggles athletically. Um, I I think that he's fine in terms of his quickness. I think that he's a relatively explosive player. I think that some of his best plays are the results of his athletic ability. I don't think he's consistent taking on blocks. I don't think he's a consistent reader. I have not sat down and done his final film evaluation for this year. Um, but I know he's 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 just a, a linear dude who loves to explode into contact and hit guys. Um, so I might watch him be like, this is my guy that I want on day three to be my two down player, right? To be a rotational guy for me who I put in the field on running downs. Um, but I've never seen anything from Quarterman that indicates to me, like he was getting like round one hype at one point. I've never seen that for him to me, like in terms of if we're going to talk about players in this linebacker class who are likely to test well to the point where people are going to be like, Oh shoot. Like this is really interesting. Like what, what, yeah. how, where are we going to value these guys? Akeem Davis gave, there's going to test out of his mind. hundred uh, percent. The uh, Appy state kid. Um, he's going to, he's, he's, if like Simmons weren't in this class, we'd be like, look at how long Akeem Davis Gaither is. Look at how quick Akeem Davis Gaither is. Look how fast Akeem Davis Gaither is. But Simmons is in this class. So we don't. And the same is true of Davian Taylor, the Colorado kid. They oh, all have yeah. Various, Davian they Taylor's. All have, yeah. Davian Taylor's story is crazy too. Like, did you, yeah. have you, have you read about like where, how, like his high school journey and all that? Yeah. So he did not play. He, he came from a, a seventh day Adventist family. Yeah. And accordingly did not play high school football because uh, the seventh day, Saturday was a resting day. And so you, he didn't participate in athletic. But events Saturday, to just clarify, Saturday for the resting day starts the when the sun goes down on Friday. Right. Yeah, and Friday it goes from night, sundown yeah. on Friday so, to sundown on Saturday. So like he couldn't play in high school football games. His parents would let him. Yeah. So he um 
he he eventually got his parents' blessing to try to play football at the I believe the the city college level, JUCO level. Yeah, it was JUCO. Did it for two years, as is typical of Colorado. They saw an athlete at the the JUCO level and said, "Well, we're signing this guy." Um, brought him in and said, "Hey, stand here and chase everything." And he was like, "Yeah, I got it, no problem." And then he did, and then he went to the senior bowl because he's just wicked fast. Um, and and so like the he Davis Gaither have a similar frame, similar build. The Simmons Simmons is bigger than they are, but it's similar frame in terms of the the length and the leanness. Um, so they're your overhang guys. They're all going to test well. Um, David Woodward's going to test well. Utah State kid. He's quick. He's explosive. Um, what do we think about Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen? Kenneth Murray is going to run an insane number for 240. Yep. And it's going to be cool. And then I think his jumps will be fine. I think his agilities will not be great. Um, I think he's he's top heavy, right? So I don't think he's inflexible. He just has a lot of mass up top. And he's got like good definition in his Momentum lower half. Momentum runner, baby. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a steam uh he's a steamroller, right? He's yes. a train on the track. So yes. He's got a locomotive, get going. 100%. Right. Yeah. Patrick Queen and like the reason I passed over Patrick Queen is because I don't think anyone should have any doubt that Patrick Queen's going to test really, really well from an agility explosiveness perspective. The main question to me is what he weighs in at because he probably played if over 230 at like 232. Mm-hmm. So. You, if you're going to come in 230 lows, you're telling the league, I am a run and chase 4-3 will. I am nothing else. And you have to work hard and try to keep me outside of the box. If you can come in and, and be like, oh, yeah, no, I've always played at like 237, 238. And, and, and show still good athletic ability, what's expected of you. We're having a different conversation. But I don't think he comes in that heavy. I don't see where he keeps that mass. If he does, great. But I think he's a 230 low sort of a dude. And he's a 230 low sort of a dude the same way Isaiah Simmons is. You know, Isaiah Simmons is going to be 230 lows. It's just Queen is a much smaller person. So he doesn't have the advantage that Simmons has of length and height when it comes to taking on blocks. Because Queen's Queen's just a smaller dude. So he's going to be swallowed up by really big offensive linemen. Um, so I think it's it should be foregone for people that Queen's going to test well. Yeah. I think the other guys that stand out to me, Akeem Davis-Gaither, I think is going to be good. Justin, uh, Jordan Brooks, David Woodward. The a player who like needs to test well is Troy Die, because he does. yes, every good play of Dye's is him chasing stuff down from the backside, and it's him aggressively, you know, uh, you know, just like hustling after you know plays into the boundary, and it's all range stuff, right? And he's built like a wide receiver, right? Very much the same way that 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 Simmons has the advantage of height and length. Die is 6'4", 230s, right? 6'4", maybe 220 high. And so he's really like, he's, he's, he's built like an outside receiver. He's built like Calvin Benjamin. Okay. All right, if so you're he's going to transfer to O-line. Right. Uh, if you're going to be my 4-3 Will, Troy Die, and you're going to start there, I'm going to have to firstly overlook some coverage deficiencies on your tape. But secondly, I'm going to need you to be wicked quick and wicked fast in order to draft you at a high level to start you. You really have to show me, all right, I know I'm smaller and I know I don't have good block deconstruction, but I'm so quality in these particular areas of gameplay that you can fit me into a role and you can start me. Remember, Troy Die was like, oh, going to be going the first round in like 2018. And then he didn't come out because he didn't have a great season. And the senior season wasn't great either. And like his stock's been going down. 
this is your best opportunity to kind of refresh the the fire here a little bit. You got to have a good combine. What do we think about our boy, Justin Sternod? In terms of how well he's going to test? Yes. I think it's going to be fine across the board. I think he's got uh, quality range. I think he's got good explosiveness. My favorite plays are the ones where he attacks downhill and slips underneath those blocks and he, he makes linemen have bad angles because he's really quick to trigger um so i think yeah in a short area he's fine and i think uh, from an explosiveness perspective he's fine he hasn't been able to train for this however because he's been sidelined are we sure he's gonna test Did, I, don't, I don't know if he's not i didn't read any of that so it's him and Marcus Bailey right Bailey Bailey we've talked about on this podcast before I like Bailey a lot Bailey going back to the initial conversation we had at the beginning of the podcast with you having to cover I think Bailey's got great instinct when it comes to coverage ability and dropping back into zones and making a difference in the pass game but he's been hurt so much and he's coming off an injury again would love for him to test actually saw a video of Marcus Bailey hopping around jumping around and sprinting a little bit so I I've got to think that he's training to try to compete in this. Might be for a pro day, but we'll see with Marcus Bailey. He's, of course, the guy that I'd love to see how he would test. But, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how healthy he is. So we'll have to see him All on right. that one, too. I'm hunting here for J- Justin Strenad. Strenad's thankful for the opportunity, excited to represent. Strenad's season was cut short. He had, like, a torn bicep. So I think he can test because that's probably something you can recover from on, like, the five, six-month timeline that he had. Marcus Bailey had the ACL tear, but it was early in the season. So is he back? Marcus Bailey gets combine invite. He tore his ACL, uh, his freshman campaign, tore it again, forcing him to sit out. Don't know. I don't know. Also, during the silence, I'll just shout out Francis Bernard. I'm looking forward to see what he does, too. I don't like Francis Bernard. I'm Um, intrigued by Francis Bernard. But and the th- but the thing that you have to tell guys is this: like if you're the aging bag, listen, you got healthy for the combine. That's great news. But you haven't been able to prepare for as long. You haven't been in as shape for as long. It may make more sense for us to just forego your testing, right. And do it at the pro day when you right. have more time to prepare. Because yeah. remember, like not only could you be like just getting back athletically, but like in Bailey's case, if you've had like the brace on, you've been rehabbing or whatever, you haven't practiced like your start in the forty, so you're gonna lose time from that. You haven't practiced your technique for your broad jump, but for your three cone, which I no, think which that matters. A lot, of, a lot of this stuff very yeah. much matters. Yeah, so all this going to say, like, I think I watched Renaud's film and I watched Bailey's film, and for both of them, I say those are NFL-caliber athletes. But. Yes. There's always a but. I do want to see them come fully back from injury and have the necessary athleticism to survive. I want to see that they recuperate 100%. I think that uh, they'll be advised to do that at their pro day versus doing that at the combine to give them more time to put out better numbers. We got one more group to go. Linebackers down. DBs are the final group that we're going to be going over. We're not going to wait. Do this. What? Best bench press linebackers. Like who it's going to be? Yes. Uh, I don't have the list up in front of me. You say that like you've got a sleeper. Who's got tiny I think, arms? I think. Does Malik Muhammad. Harrison have tiny arms? Malik Harrison's a good one, but no, he doesn't have tiny arms. Uh, he's going to be st- good. He's strong, though. Evan Weaver, Joe Bocci. 
Oh, Joe Bocci's just going to be and, like Pistons going and, up and down. Uh, 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 Mo Berry, the Nebraska kid. Mo Berry's rock. You know what? I'll say Joe Bocci just just because I I gave him I gave him a little bit of grief before, so I'll go Joe Bocci in this one. All right, I want to make I want to look at the combine list. This sure isn't official though, anybody. because next week Ben and I are doing our right. picks of of who we think is going to be the king yeah. at each position. <gasps> There's trip. a linebacker going to the combine from Arkansas whose name is Scooter Harris. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Scooter? <laughs> per Lance Zerline, first strength, burly upper body with filled out powerful frame. Mm, official pick to win the combine bench press, Scooter Harris. I love Scooter. Great Damn. film. Damn, that was some that was some good last minute research on your part. I can't even be mad about it. Scooter. <laughs> defensive backs last position that we got before Indianapolis kicks off man that means that the combine is right around the corner which it actually is going on next week but before we get there we've got a fan Friday that we're getting to last week we did it in the premium slack channel that was a great time you guys flooded us with questions it was one of my favorite episodes it was a fantastic time this week the normal timeline you guys got to step up you got to keep the heat keep the momentum going make sure that this show is just as good as last week's we always love when you guys hit us up on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, who is now verified, as well as myself at Tampa Bay wow. Trey, who has been verified for a long time. Okay, that was necessary. I'm glad you got that in. Or you guys can hit me up on Instagram at Mount Treverist, MT underscore Treverist, if you don't have a Twitter account. Uh, I know a couple of you have done that before. And then, too, obviously, if you're in the premium Slack channel, we have a Fan Friday channel that will be pulling press questions from there just because it's not exclusive to that area doesn't mean that that's we're gonna we're gonna ignore it completely so get your questions in however you can we love it the more you guys get in on the show and you take over and obviously the the more embarrassing and the more you put (laughs) ben and i on the spot when it comes to these shows that's what makes them so fun so looking forward to that until then you guys keep it locked right here on locked on nfl draft